touch from heaven. Amen. Praise the name above every other name. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, glory to the Lord. Our ensemble, make your way to the platform, please. Amen. So good to have all of you here. Tomorrow evening, we'll have more time to recognize uh, ministry uh, that have come, but tonight I'd like to recognize our bishop, Bishop Smith. He is our general chairman of the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ. I'd like for him to come and just greet you and open up in prayer. Blessing. One songwriter penned a song and said, We're together again, praising the Lord. Hallelujah. And I hope everybody come to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing any more important tonight than praising God. 
And I think the Lord will shower us with his blessings as we begin to give him praise and glorify him. And we're happy to be here. We had a good trip today coming down. Amen. I'm looking for a trip, a good trip going back. Amen. Amen. Uh, I always look for both ways. You know, I go when I come. Uh, I always want to get a full ticket, you know. I want to be protected going and coming. Hallelujah. But when I go to heaven, all I got to do is get me a one-way ticket. When I get there, I don't plan to be back down here anymore. Hallelujah. I'll have everything I need there. Everything that I need will be there. Hallelujah. We enjoyed being with you in Colleen. Amen. It's always been a pleasure to come and be in services here. Amen. Enjoy the fellowship and enjoy a good time in the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's it's already good to be able to feel that presence of God. Amen. Where prayer goes out, amen, the glory of the Lord comes in. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm expecting us to have a, a, a wonderful time, amen, in this conference. Amen. Encourage one another. If you talk to someone, try to encourage them. They've heard enough bad stuff. Mm-hmm. They've heard enough bad stuff. Right. Yeah, Amen. you've heard enough bad stuff. Yes, you've sir. heard enough bad stuff. Amen. Try to encourage someone while you're Amen. here. It won't take much, just a few kind words. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God will be pleased with our efforts. Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Amen. Can we just put our hands together? Get a little loose tonight. I know many of you may be tired from your travels, but just take a moment and kind of get a little loose. Amen. Come on, kind of get a little loose if you can. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven. No sense driving all that way and not have church. No sense in getting all carried away and driving eight to 11 hours and not have church. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven. Amen. Praise God. So good to see all of you this evening. Amen, amen. We're going to have Brother Hillman come at this time, and he's going to sing a song to the Lord. Amen. Blessing. say thanks for the things he have done for me things so undeserved that you gave to prove your love for me the voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude all that I am and ever hope to be I owe it all to thee to God be the glory to God be the glory. 
With his blood, he has saved me. With his power, he has raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Just let me live my life and let it be pleasing lord to thee and if i gave any praise let it go to calvary to god be the glory to God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done, has done. To God be the glory. To God be the glory, to God be the glory for the thing he has Come on. To God be the glory. Come on. Is somebody, can we give him some love? Can we give him glory and praise tonight? Can we magnify the king? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord God. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel a move. I'm starting to feel the wind. I'm starting to feel the anointing. Come on. Can anybody else feel it or is it just me? Oh, glory to the Lord. Once again, it's good to have all of you here. Amen. I also would like to recognize tonight Brother Garen. He is our National Secretary and Treasurer of the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ. If he'll come and greet you, amen, he can get out. Oh, just be patient. We're going to get with it here in just a moment. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't God a good God today? Praise the Lord. Certainly glad to be in Colleen. Amen. Our little trip. Amen. It's pretty good ways. Amen. We drove down yesterday. Amen. I let Brother White beat me in golf today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Mainly because I couldn't do anything about it. Praise the Lord. But hey, fellowship is always a good thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The fellowship of the Lord is always the greatest thing. Amen. Uh, amen. We preached the other day when God shows up. When God showed up, Lazarus come from the grave. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Brother McCauley, when God showed up. Uh-huh. Amen. When God showed up, the children of Israel was delivered, amen, out of the bondage of Egypt. Amen. When God showed up. Yes, yes, yes. I, Moses had a little help, but God showed up. Yes. Praise the Lord. When it got to the Red Sea and God showed up. Amen. He opened the Red Sea uh, and destroyed all the enemy. Mm-hmm. I had an atheist once tell me that the Red Sea sometimes is, it only gets, about, gets down to about two foot deep. I said, well, boy, it's still a miracle. Amen. I said, because God drowned all of those uh, uh, Egyptian <laughs> shoulders in two feet of water. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. He got real quiet. Amen. But aren't you glad for God when he shows up? Amen. Uh, amen. He showed up one night uh, and, and filled me with the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. amen. And, and everything's been different ever since. Uh, amen. I'm glad. Uh, amen. When God shows up. Uh, amen. When God showed up. Uh, amen. A, a man in our church's son. Uh, amen. Hung himself. Uh, but God showed up. He was hanging for 30 minutes or longer. He was blue. He was in the trauma center in Birmingham, Alabama. And then God showed up. When the church started praying and God showed up, uh, amen, they walked his body back up to the temperature uh, and he set up in the bed. When God showed up. When God showed up, Sister Leslie Chapel, some of you know, uh, amen. She was having problems with the baby, and the baby was having problems. Uh, and, and so she, they put her into labor, and she had a one-pound, nine-ounce baby girl. Mm-hmm. Still alive mm-hmm. and still doing good. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. She's up to a whopping two pounds and eight ounces. Woo! I told her I can't hardly wait till she gets to church and has fat rolls. Uh-huh. Ain't nothing prettier than a baby with fat rolls. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord, especially when they was born to nine, uh, one pound nine ounces uh-huh. and 14 inches long. Mm-hmm. But every time something has a little problem, God shows up Amen. and fixes it. And they say, man, she's doing good. And then another problem, and then God will show up. Yeah. Aren't you glad today that God showed up Amen. and cleaned Texas today? Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know, but we need God to show up tonight. I know that. I appreciate those testimonies. I said those are testimonies of the greatness of God. When God shows up in somebody's life, hey, don't count anything out until God says it's over. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, look, many of you, this is Texas. And and the heat hadn't let go yet. Air conditioner's on about 72 degrees. So you might as well just, if you got a paper, just fan it, but get hot, sweat, get after it, worship the Lord. Because when God shows up, he's going to bring fire anyway. So it don't matter how cold you got it, he's going to bring fire anyway. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Again, tomorrow we'll recognize more ministry, but we do have a state elder here also, the director of the National Foreign Mission Brother Smith, if he'll come, Elder Smith, and greet you this evening, the Lord bless him. Well, praise the Lord, we certainly greet you in the name of Jesus tonight. I'm glad one day the Lord showed up 
in Bethlehem. I'm glad he revealed himself to you and I, and he gave us a name, amen, that is above every name. He gave us something that we can call upon in time of trouble, in time of need. I remember days that I was in trouble, and I called up on him, and he was there. Amen. Every time he was there when I called up on him. Amen. I was in situations that I couldn't get out of, and God showed up, and he got me out of things, amen, that everybody else couldn't get out of. But I'm so glad tonight that I've got a God that I can call up on. I'm glad that I got one that hears me when I pray, no matter what time of day, no matter what time of night. This God that we serve is the greatest thing that ever happened to planet Earth. Amen. And we ought to rejoice over him. The name of the Lord. I checked somebody the other day and told them Jesus is the greatest thing going. Amen. And I said, that sounds like a sermon to me. Uh-huh. Can you tell me anything greater? Mm-hmm. No, there is nothing. If it was proper, proper English, there's. Okay, never mind. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. It is so good to be in church tonight. Thank you for coming. Some of you I'm meeting for the first time, and I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here. Amen. We could wait, we could worship, and we could do like most churches do, and then have announcement, receive an offering, and have the preaching come. But we're going to change it up a little bit. Brother Hood will be preaching in just a moment or two. Tomorrow, tomorrow, 1130. Everyone is welcome. We're going to have fellowship and food here in the Welcome Center. All is welcome, please. For those that are involved, the Texas ministry, tomorrow at 5, we will have a business meeting in the Welcome Center and then service at 6 o'clock. And so please, please continue to keep us in prayer. Come when you can. Invite someone. It's very, very important. After the service tonight, depending on how things go and how late and how people feel, We are going to go to IHOP. If you would like to join us, you're more than welcome to come. Of course, you know, I'm not saying I can take all of you and take your your bills and pay for them, but you're welcome to come and fellowship with us at IHOP after the service. Then Saturday for the Texas ministry and some Louisiana folks, we're going to have a planning session, barbecue we're going to have here you're more than welcome to come. 11.30, 11.30, please come. Please come because if you don't, I'll have to eat a lot of food, and that will be bad. All right. Praise the Lord. I want to give special thanks to everyone that was involved in helping put this together, cleaning and the food yet to come. also want to give honor to our bishop and his wife. I'm so appreciative of them. I've been all over, I guess, almost the world with him, and I appreciate his dedication to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I'm ready to have church now. Amen. I've heard when God shows up, I've heard going both ways except heaven, just one on one way. <laughs> I don't know about you, but don't wait on me, please. Don't wait on me. Don't wait on somebody else. You got something you want? Let's get it. Amen. Let's sing, daughter. Let's worship the Lord tonight.
like it's kicking on. So I'm going to ask for those that would, I'm not going to try to put pressure on you to do so. And you may not be physically able, but I'd like for you to come down and find you a spot and just for a few moments, really begin to seek the Lord. Amen. We don't know the needs in this place. We do not know. You don't need to kneel. I just want you coming down. Do what you feel led. I, I just, I'm not trying to make something happen, but it's not flowing like I'm used to it flowing. And it could be me. It could be me. But, but, but we've got to regroup. We've we, we got to understand that, I, that I've got to have my heart ready for the Word of God. Because I know the Word is fixing to come. And I want it. I want it. I want it to change me. 
Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. I'm looking for somebody to touch him. I'm looking for somebody to enter into the presence of God. And usher in the power and the anointing of Almighty God into this place and the angels of the Lord to encamp about us. So that when we leave this place sometime later, we'll know we've been in the presence of God. Amen. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, God, by your power and by your mercy and by your grace, we're going to spend a little bit more time in doing this, and then we're going to sing a song unto the Lord, and we're going to give him praise and love and honor. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to thank him. We're going to worship him. We're going to magnify him. Come on, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We got to shake off the humanity for a little bit. We got to shake off what's on our mind. We got to shake off the things that may be facing us. And we've got to get into the presence of God tonight. Come on, come on, a little longer. Come on and press, please. Come on and press. I want to get something from the Lord, don't you? I want to be blessed of God, don't you? Oh, that's right, that's right. Continue, now let's worship the Lord. Deep down within our heart, let's worship Him in spirit and in truth. Let's worship Him with a heart that desires Him, a heart that's got to have Him. Way. Amen. Amen. 
ensemble can be seated, but, but my daughter, she can continue to play softly. Brotherhood, in just a few moments, you'll be coming. I sure appreciate all of you and the effort that you're making. I appreciate it very much. Let me try to make a couple of more announcements. There are some youth t-shirts that are here for the National Youth Department. I believe they're in the Welcome Center, if I'm not mistaken, or after church, and they're $5 a piece if you're interested. Also, I know that Brother Hood is our National Home Mission Director, and he's got some material and things out in the foyer for home missions. Thank God for home missions. And I appreciate Brother and Sister Hood coming from Missouri. I know the Lord has spoken to him, and I appreciate all of you, really, for coming and giving it what effort you have this evening. I appreciate that very much. I'm looking forward to the Word. I know that in a service... And I'm just going to be speaking to me and referencing me. When the music and the worship is just not there, God has a word that will come. And tonight, the effort that you've made, thank you, thank you. But for me, just wasn't there the way I wanted it to be there, the way I know God desired it to be there. You made a gallant effort. You pressed and you tried. But if many of us were looking inside of us, we know it just wasn't there. Doesn't mean God's not here. It's not that His angels are not here. They are. For some reason, it just wasn't there. And I've been in many services where during the song and the worship, I would just stop it and have them sit down and start preaching. It's the Word. It's the living Word. When nothing else We'll do when nothing else seems to touch you, motivate you, get in you. When nothing else seems to satisfy, when there's a dryness in the midst of living water, the living word can do what nothing else can do. I'm going to go a little further, and then I'm going to turn it over to Brotherhood. I don't know what he has planned. He has a mic already. A service, hear me for a moment, is not defined by the length. It's not defined by the way the worship went or the songs that were sung. A service to be effective and productive is defined 
what the word I allow from God to do to me. If the word of God changed me, then the service was what God wanted. I cannot afford to put a barrier up to the word of God. And so, Brotherhood, on that note, come take your liberty. Thank you, daughter. You may be seated. I appreciate all of you that were here. And I'll go home this evening after I've received the word. And I'll say, God, help me tomorrow night to be more sensitive unto thee that I can lead the worship to the place that you want it to be. Amen. God loves you so very much. Come up, Brotherhood. It's all right. God loves you so very much. He cares about you. He wants you to be complete, mature, lacking nothing. Amen. Praise God. Brotherhood, it's so good to have you. Amen. You and your wife from Missouri. Amen. God has really, really blessed this couple. They're the elder of the state of Missouri, that district. We're seeing it come alive again. He's the home mission director. I've enjoyed his ministry at the various functions that God has allowed him the privilege to bring the word of the Lord. And I believe with all of my heart that God has a word for me. Amen. The Lord bless you. Could we stand and honor the Lord together tonight? Lift your hands and voices to him. Father, we thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is always moving. Always. God is never not doing something. But there are times when I'm not in the flow of what God's doing. But it's never God that is inactive. It is never God that misses it. The wonderful thing is that I have another opportunity. That if I miss what God is doing right now, a second from now, I can shake myself, shake my mind, readjust my focus... And get into what God is doing. Thank you, Jesus. I, I don't know if everybody heard me or not. There is an opportunity right now to get into what God is doing. But it is up to you to refocus your attention and say, God, I know you are moving. Please don't move with
without me. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Elder White. We give honor to you, the elder of this district, bishop of this church. I don't know that you and Sister White would have any reason to remember the first time that I ever met the two of you. It was at a camp meeting in New Summerfield, Texas. And I remember standing off at a distance and just watching you. And I don't know how you like someone from 35 feet away without ever talking to them. But it just happened that way. And uh, I am very honored that you would ask us to come and to minister at this conference. We pray the best for you, the best for this church, the best for the Texas District of the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ. Amen. To our bishop, Bishop Smith, we give you honor. Amen. We appreciate you and your wife so much. Amen. To Elder Garen and your wife, thank you. We appreciate you. Give you honor tonight. Amen. Praise God. To my friend, Elder Smith and Sister Smith from Oklahoma, I'm just glad y'all came to see me. Amen. Praise God. Love this dear couple. To all of the ministry, we give you honor tonight. Thank you for all that you do for the kingdom. To all of the saints of God, God bless you. Thank you for coming. Amen. Thank you for supporting the work of the Lord. Amen. You are important to the kingdom. This is on. Praise God. You are important to the kingdom. Amen. Thank you for all that you do, saints of the living God. Amen. With nothing further to the fifth chapter of the book of Mark, Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 24. You will forgive me tonight. I do not normally have such lengthy readings of Scripture. But as I tell the folks back home, if you will preach with me, I will talk a lot faster. Amen. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. He is great from a distance. Like a mountain on the horizon is great. But when you get close enough to taste and see, you find out the Lord is good. Amen. To the book of Mark chapter 5 beginning at verse 24. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, immediately, instantly, the fountain of her blood was dried up. 
And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Turned him about in the press and said. Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him. Thou seest the multitude thronging thee. And sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Go back with me, please, to verse 27. And 28, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, not him. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, not him, I shall be whole. With the help of the Lord from this scripture tonight, I want to minister on this subject. The closest thing to Jesus. The closest thing to Jesus. Could we put our Bibles to the side, lift our hands and voices to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house. We thank you, Lord, for your every blessing. We thank you for the privilege that we have to come to you. Lord God, your word is said, he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. Lord, you have put your word in my mouth. I pray you would help me to deliver it, even as you have given it to me. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church, and give us hearts to receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. Help us tonight, Almighty God, and we give you glory and honor. We thank you. Blessed be your holy name. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to put yourself in this scene tonight. I find myself too often having to give the reminder that these are not stories. These are histories. These are events that actually happened, people that actually lived. Put yourself in the middle of this scene tonight. We begin with a man named Jairus whose daughter was dying. And he came to Jesus to get some help for his little girl. And it stood out to me this time as possibly never before when I read this scripture to note that Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. And this woman had an issue of blood 12 years. As long as Jairus' daughter had been alive... This dear woman had been sick. She was suffering from a hemorrhage of blood for 12 long years, tormented with an incurable hemorrhage. She was literally dying one drop of blood at a time. 12 years of suffering through the effects of anemia, suffering through the effects of blood loss, suffering through all the things connected to her incurable condition. 
But there came a day, the scripture tells me, that she heard of Jesus. She did not see him yet. She had not met him yet. She did not know him yet. But she had heard of Jesus. Faith requires no more than the hearing. And when hearing is applied to action, the miraculous can happen. God does not need a full-blown 40-year relationship before He begins to move in your life. He needs you to hear about Him and then believe what you have heard. And if you can act on what you have believed of Him that you have heard with a confidence in your heart, God will move for you. She did not have time to go through a 23-week home Bible study series. She did not have time for a two-year discipleship class. I'm not telling you there's anything wrong with any of that. But I am telling you if you need something from God and you can hear the word. You can hear of Jesus and you can believe enough to say, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know, I know, I know, I know I will be made whole. Verse 26 speaks to her frustration. She had suffered many things. Of many physicians. We have a dear sister in our church back home right now who for three months has suffered many things of many physicians. One tells her she's got this wrong with her. Another tells her she's got that wrong with her. Another tells her this I wish they'd get all those doctors in one room and say, You fight this out while we pray. Hallelujah. This dear woman had suffered many things of many physicians. She had spent all that she had. She didn't have a 401k to fall back on anymore. She didn't have $5 to put in the offering plate. All she had left was a life that was draining from her body and 12 years of frustration and aggravation and torment and pain. That's all she had left. And she just got worse and worse. Verse 27 speaks to her faith and her tenacity. She said that she was going to go and press. Get in the press that was behind Jesus so that she could touch his garment The Bible tells us, Matthew 9, 20, you don't have to go there, but tells us exactly what she touched. She touched the hem of his garment. She wasn't up around the sleeve. Too many people want to start out with Jesus up around the collar. But that's not where you find what you need from God. You don't find what you need from God up higher. You find it down low. People want to start at the head. No, the way up is to get down. 
The way up is to get down. She got down on hand and knee, crawling between trampling feet on the dirty ground, seeing just the flicker of the hem, the edge, the border, the fringe of his garment. And she said, if I can just touch that, if I can just get a hold of that, that will be enough for me. I've just got to get there. I've got to get myself down to a place where Jesus can lift me up. If I can just touch, verse 28, she had no regard for propriety and etiquette. When you have a need from God, that's not time to get dignified. Let me try it on this side of the room. When you have a need from God, that is not the time to get dignified. That's not the time to come to the altar. Spread out your handkerchief. Make sure you don't wrinkle your britches when you kneel down. Make sure your coat is hanging just right. And you're... When you have a need from God, dignity needs to stay outside. Come to Him any way you can get through. Don't you allow your pride, don't you allow your religiousness, don't you allow your tradition to get in the way of a miracle from God. She didn't. She couldn't afford to. Let me explain to you the seriousness of what this dear woman did. Leviticus chapter 14 gives us a law. That cold, hard 613 laws of Moses. Leviticus 14 tells us in verse 25. And he shall kill the lamb of the trespass offering. Chapter 15, I'm sorry. I gave the wrong scripture. Chapter 15, verse 25. There we go. Amen. And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation. Now, this means that this is normal to a point. Some things are normal to a point. It is normal to get down sometimes. It's normal to feel blue sometimes. It's normal to struggle sometimes. It's normal to wrestle sometimes. But there comes a point when the days of it should be done. Right? Right? But what we do is we will hang... This is nowhere near where I was trying to preach tonight. What we will do is we will hang on to things years after God said they should be done by now. And what do we do? We wrestle with it. We reason with it. We rationalize it. We just say, well, that's just going to be how it's always going to be. No, sir. No, ma'am. There is a time when it's over and it should be over. But read on, please. Or if it run beyond the time of her separation. If it run beyond the time. All the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. 
she shall be unclean. This woman was in a condition where she was supposed to be separated. Put aside. Put away. Read on, please. Verse 26. Every bed whereon she lieth all uh-huh. the days of her issue shall be unto her as the bed of her separation. Oh, my. And whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean. Oh, my. As the uncleanness of her separation. Read on. And whosoever toucheth those things that shall be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Yes, but you see, she was in the presence of the one who gave that law to begin with. Who had the right to use it, amend it, abrogate it, do whatever he wanted to with it, whenever he wanted to do it. And she knew that there was hope in that Jesus that she had heard about. And she said within herself, I may be unclean. I'm just supposed to stay at home with everybody else that's too dirty, too filthy, too diseased, too nasty to come into the presence of God. But I've got to have some help. Where else am I going to go? Where else do you want the sinner to go? Where else do you want the drug addict to go? Where else do you want the the prostitute to go? Where do you want them to go? If they can't come here, where are they supposed to go? If they can't be welcome in the house of God, then it is not the house of God. Well, they'd make some of the other people uncomfortable. Then let those people go. Let them go. Let them go. Bring me the ones that are too unclean to be touched. And let them touch something that will change their life. Hallelujah. Our emotions will lie to us. Who do you think you are to come get a touch from God? I'll tell you who I am. I am no worse than this woman was. And I am no better than this woman was. I have the same right of access that she had. That if Jesus would welcome her, surely... He knew she shouldn't touch him. He knew she ought to be at home. He knew she didn't need to be there. He knew that everybody she touched in that crowd was unclean according to the law. And he still said, your faith has made you whole. But I have a question for you. What did she touch? What did Jesus say she touched? In the 8th chapter of the book of Luke, we have another telling of this story. And in verse 45, Jesus said, Who touched me? 
But what did she say she touched? The hem of his garment, his clothes. Jesus said, who touched me? The title of my message tonight is The Closest Thing to Jesus. For we yet live in a world, and we all know these people, for whom nearness to God is a difficulty. But our nearness to God may very well be their access to Jesus. Let me turn this the other way, walk it by a different direction. We tend to think that we're waiting on Jesus to jump out and touch the world. When Jesus is looking for something that is touching him to be approachable. I don't feel like I can get to Jesus, but if I can get to somebody that's close to him. Maybe, just maybe, some of the power of God can move through that saint of God. Maybe, just maybe, some of that virtue will begin to flow through that thing that is near to Jesus. See, we have a problem. We have a problem. We have a nearness issue. I'm not saying that we are somehow intermediaries between God and man. No. Or that we are mediators. No. There is one mediator, Jesus Christ. His flesh is the only mediator. But this I am telling you. That more than one time, I have put my right hand on somebody's forehead. And the power of God began to move through me. And I am nobody unless I'm close to Him. And then if I am close to Him, maybe, just maybe, I could lay my hand on the sick and they recover. That's the Word of God. Maybe, just maybe, I could cast out demons. Maybe, y'all ain't getting this yet. Maybe, just maybe, if I could get my relationship right, then God could use me right. But we have a problem. We have a nearness problem. Ministers, we can preach. We can do it. We can put together beautiful three-point sermons. We can even get a response from a crowd. Without one bit of nearness, without one bit of anointing, we have watched it happen. As men who learn to manipulate can set a crowd on the edge of their seats 
and get the response that they're after. But if you tried to find Jesus in the minister, you would find nothing but an empty space. Just going to act like I'm at home if that's all right, elder. We'll prophesy the things that we observe. I will never forget at that same camp meeting a man walking up to me and telling me that God had healed me of my cancer. I thought that's wonderful. Apparently only you and God knew I had it. It was later that I discovered the reason he said that to me was he got me confused with somebody else that resembled me. And his word of prophecy was not a closeness to God. It was a great big ear that was just a little hard of hearing. But then what do we do? One of these men or women comes along doing those things and we fall in love with it. And we think, my, how God is using them when they have no nearness to God whatsoever. But then the rest of us lack the nearness of God to be able to say for sure that is not God. Then we who rule the house of the Lord lack the nearness of God to have the boldness to stand and say that is not of God. Then the saints of... There's a nearness problem. There's a nearness problem. There is nothing closer to me than my garment. It wraps around me. It takes my form and my shape. It looks like me. It moves when I move. It has no voice but mine speaking in it. And yet the garment of Jesus Christ was powerful enough to heal this woman that had been dying for 12 years. But... We want the garment to move in a way that pleases us. We want the garment to move in a way that we like. We get our worship and our praise right. And there's no nearness to God in any of it. The need of the church of Jesus Christ in this day is not better preaching. It's nearer preaching. It's not better music. It's anointed music. It's not better programs. It's anointed structure. The world has got better music than we'll ever have. Better buildings than we'll ever build. Better entertainment than we could ever offer. Better programs than we could ever structure. What we've got to have is a nearness to God that they could never hope to have without us.
somebody is waiting on God to get close to you. God is waiting on you to get close to Him. Draw me nearer, Lord. Draw me nearer. No, no. I'm just going to draw nearer. It's already been settled. God wants me close. Is this all right? The closest thing to Jesus worked a miracle. The closest thing to Jesus But it is hard to be close when we put so much stuff in between us and Jesus. Because it's uncomfortable to be wrapped around the body of Christ. To be like that garment, you can't have your own will. I gotta go where He goes. There's no room for my shirt to tell me where we're going today. Who do you think you are? I bought you. Well, my wife did. Bought you on a clearance sale at J.C. Penney. Am I right? I pay attention every now and then. Amen. What do you think would happen to you if you got up in the morning, went to your closet looked at the shirt that you want to wear that day and all of a sudden it spoke to you and said, I don't think I want to do that today. You'd start casting the devil out of your closet. You think that's funny? Why do we do it to Jesus? Maybe there's some devils need to be cast out of us every now and then. But no, 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 no. I don't want to give credit to the devil. It's my own human spirit. It's my own flesh that jumps up and says, I don't want to do what Jesus wants to do today. I don't want to go where Jesus wants to go today. No, sir, I want whatever Jesus is doing to never be done without me. There's too many people who need you. There's too many people who need our closeness to God. There's too many people who can't quite reach Jesus, but they can reach you. Can I go on just a little further? We have an obligation. We have an obligation. I do not... Say this to dishonor any of our elders here. I love and appreciate you, each and every one. And I appreciate your stories. But I have an obligation. Let me turn it to me. I have an obligation in my generation to have a nearness of God so that if the Lord tarry till I am an elder elder, I'll have some stories to tell to the next generation. 
of how we got in a prayer meeting and began to lay hands upon one another and all of a sudden cancers were healed, blind eyes were opened, cripples began to walk, addicts were delivered, people received the Holy Ghost. We've got an obligation. We have an obligation to a generation that came before us to not allow things to get between us and the God that they served and the gospel that they preserved so that we could have it. But we got a lot of stuff in our day. We can fake it. Let me tell you that I leaned over to sisterhood when Elder White did what he did a little while ago. And I told her, I said, I'm glad to see I'm not the only one who does that. Made me feel better. And some of our saints back home may be watching. God bless you. Hope you all were at church Wednesday. Amen. I will not just settle for having church. Do not think ill of me when I say it this way. I'm too busy. I've got too much going on to just take three hours out of my week just to get together with friends and not have a move of God. I don't have time for that. I work a full-time job. I've got this thing going, this thing going, this thing going, this thing going. I've got so many hats on my head, one of them's always falling off. And when I bend over to pick it up, another one drops off and i got to bend over and pick it up. The last thing in this world I want to do is waste three to six hours a week not having a move of God. When God said, draw nigh unto me, get close to me, and I will get close to you. We can have a move of God, but it's going to take a closeness. It's going to take a relationship. It's going to take getting near him and stripping away all of the things that have crowded between us and him. Some of you sisters will understand this term, layering. You do it with your clothes. Some people, you don't really know how big or small they are. They wear so many layers of clothes. I work with a lady. I do believe that she's only about 90 pounds, but she is so cold-natured. Even in the middle of summer, she's wearing 10 layers of clothes and complaining about how cold it is. I'm glad I work from home now. She put those layers of clothes on. And it looks pretty, you know. But that outer layer of garment never does know you. Doesn't know what you feel like. What have we done in the church of the living God? 
We've built so many layers between us and Jesus, we forgot what he feels like. We got the music down. We got the singing down. We got the praising down. We got the preaching down. We got the hand raising down. We got all those layers down. But then we have raised a generation that doesn't know the difference between a tingle up and down their spine and a genuine move of God. And we are responsible. Because somewhere we lost our dedication, our consecration, our holiness, our sanctification that gave us a closeness to God. We've got an obligation to get rid of those layers. But it's going to look so plain, I know. But it may look very boring. I know. Some of the best things in life are boring. Sitting around listening to your heartbeats, one of the most boring things in the world until it stops. Then all of a sudden, that's the most exciting sound you've ever heard in your life. Breathing in and out is very boring until you go to catch your breath and it's not there. Then all of a sudden that breathing in and breathing out becomes the most amazing sound and experience that you have ever had. But brotherhood, doing what it takes to be close to Jesus, that's just not as exciting as what some of the other churches is doing. I don't care. I've just got to be near him. I've got to hear his heartbeat. I've got to feel him. I've got to know what's right, what's real, what is holy. I've got to know. I'm almost done. I, I hope this is making sense. Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Virtue. Dunamis in Greek, power. Same word used in Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Same word that is used in the book of Ephesians. Be strong in the Lord. In dunamuste. You don't need to know that word to go to heaven, but it's a good word. In dynamite yourself. We throw in everything at the devil we can possibly throw in him. Trying to use every kind of magic spell we can think of in Christianese. Well, that hit the back wall and bounced a little bit. So let me kick it around one more time. We read in every kind of book we can get our hands on about how to hold our hands just right in prayer so that the devil will leave us alone and God will hear us. Now you may be reading some of those books. Take my advice, close them and open your Bible. I need a book that will teach me how to pray. There's one right here. I need a book that will teach me how to be close to God. This one right here has been working for thousands.
thousands of years to whoever will open it and read it. Hallelujah. That wasn't in my notes either. That's good. We're replacing closeness with stuff. Stuff. Powerless things. But they're easy to do. They're easy to manufacture. They're easy to produce. So our flesh goes that direction and says, give me some of that right there. But preacher, don't ask me to fast and pray. Don't ask me to pray before a church service. I pray at home. I get embarrassed to pray in front of people. You're not praying in front of people. You're praying in front of Jesus. Everybody else just happens to be here. You're not talking to them. Couldn't we just... I want to go on and... My God, have mercy. Couldn't we we just buy a few light machines and a few smoke machines and get a few worship dancers in here and a few... All this, that, and the other. Can, can we just can we just get a trendier pastor? Let him preach in ripped up blue jeans and a t-shirt. Sit on a bar stool. I've done stepped in it. I might as well go in ankle deep to the knee. We have gotten into a thing in the apostolic movement where we look to every other religious movement and say if it's working for them then why don't we give it a try and surely we can handle it because we've got the Holy Ghost when you go to trying to put this Ark of the Covenant on a ox cart and carry it some way other than the way God said carry it do not be surprised when destruction falls on the house that used to be the house of God. I understand the pressures. I understand it all too well. Let me bring this to a close. If the musicians want to come, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I, I, I understand the pressures. Not everything new is bad. Not everything bad is new. But not everything that draws is godly. But let me drop below the institutional level and come back where I really wanted to land tonight. Right in my own house. My brothers and my sisters, 
my generation, I am 38 years old. Some of you are sitting there saying, wow, I thought he was older. Some of you were saying, wow, I knew he was younger. And my wife is just sitting there wishing I had gray hair. That's an inside joke. Sorry. My generation got caught up in something. The Lord blessed me. He called me out of this country when I was in my early 20s to go be a foreign missionary. I spent about 10 years of my life in Central America. I was not raised in church. I was born again when I was 14. I do not come from a Christian background. I was filled with the Holy Ghost the first time I ever went to church. Up in Paris, Texas. Little church on the outskirts of town. Had about 30 people. I saw something when I was a 14 year old boy I saw them worship but I didn't know what it was I saw their joy and knew I did not have it God filled me with the Holy Ghost that Sunday morning that Sunday evening I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ About a year later, I answered a call to ministry when I was 15. I graduated high school at 16. I left a month after I graduated high school on a Greyhound bus with my pastor's blessing. And I started evangelizing at that young age, riding Greyhound buses all over the South and the Midwest. I held my first revival in Montgomery City, Missouri for Brother Alan Larimore who just passed away this last year. God called me to go overseas when I was on a short-term missions trip in Venezuela. moved to Mexico spent a year living in Reynosa, Tamaulipas spent another year just traveling through Mexico spent the rest of my tenure in Belize working in Belize in Guatemala and Honduras a decade later or around about that I moved back to this country something had changed I started bear with me I went I moved back we married when I moved back we started evangelizing Two weeks after we got married, we spent two solid years on the road 
before we started the church in Lebanon, Missouri. Something had changed in the American church in 10 years. I didn't hear things that I used to hear. I used to hear prayer. I learned how to pray. Listening with my ear against the wall. And on the other side of that wall was my pastor's wife. I learned how to talk to God. Listening to someone who was close to him. Talk to him. But I worry now. Do we have a generation that won't know how to pray because they don't hear it in the house of God anymore. Where's our closeness to Jesus? So that as He begins to move, we move with Him. And the voice of the Lord can speak from this old garment. of movement but I don't see a lot of worship anymore Come on! I see a lot of bodily exercise that profits little and I worry elder white I worry Don't hesitate to go to the altar. It's okay. We lost our closeness yes, we have. to the place that even when the sinner gets here, we're not close enough to Jesus for the power to move through us from Him. So they walk out the door unaffected, unchanged, untouched. Let's stand, please. Let's stand. I come to you tonight with a word from God. This is an opportunity for us as a church, as a district, as an organization, as Christians, as ministers, as saints. To regain our closeness to Jesus. But if we let this season of opportunity pass. He is not obligated to pass by us again. If anything I have preached has touched you. Would you respond to the word of God? Would you begin to reach to the Lord? God, I'm sorry for the distance I've put between us. But I'm ready to come back.
I want to know how it feels to touch you again. I want to know what it's like to be near you again. Ministry, don't hesitate to pray. Thank you, Brotherhood. What a message. What a message. James 4 and 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your heart, ye double-minded. Also, He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Sing, daughter. Tremendous word. Tremendous word. Some of you New Life Gleam folks have been hearing your pastor talk about various similar things that he talked about at the end. Daughter, sing, please. Got to give folks the opportunity.
Stay as long as you would like. Stay as long as you would like. What a word we heard. What a word I heard. Remember fellowship tomorrow. Food, 1130. Business meeting for Texas. Five o'clock. Close out service at six if God tarries. This is what I believe of every conference and every service that he builds. He builds. He builds. So I am looking for a move of God's Spirit in a mighty way tomorrow evening. Again, be careful. The Lord bless you. For those of you that may want to go, we're going to IHOP. But no hurry, please. Sometimes making these announcements can really just hinder what God is doing. Stay as long as you'd like. Continue to sing, daughter. How could you forgive me when I've often gone astray? How can you think of me when I do things my way? Turning my back on you, the one who loved me first, having my own desires, renewing worldly thirst. You told me you loved me, and I should make up my mind. You tell me, come back now, but I keep wasting time, feeling so very weak. You say I can be strong, but I feel I'm gone too far. You tell me to Do I go away? 
You tell me, come back 